0: Just the Rest of Us, written by Will Johnson. Preface, excuses and apologies are way too similar. When thinking back on the past, there would be only one thing that Brooke Weathers would change about his increasingly dull life, and that change would be to start this whole writing your own reality shit sooner. Dark tendrils of smoky magic swirled at his fingertips, itching to cast itself out to form one of his weapons. Brooke was bored, and this beggar at his feet wasn't getting any more entertaining. He let a sigh escape his lips, leaning onto one of the arms of his metal throne he was currently sat upon. It wasn't the most comfortable, but it did give him a shocking image of power. Please, my lord, you you have to understand what is being done. Our families are dying, starving on the streets. You must... Oh, hush, Brooke chuckled darkly, rising from his perch and stepping down to meet the poor man. He looked maybe in his late forties, with gray hair popping at the crown of his head and at his stubble. When Brooke walked toward him, the man quickly fell to one knee and averted his gaze. At least he was polite. We aren't in the 1800s, you know. There's no real need to treat me like a spoiled prince, Brooke smirked magic itching stronger under his skin. Though he was not of royal descent, he might, might as well been royalty. He controlled vast amounts of land with an iron grip, and he was barely even eighteen. Having magic helped in these situations, humans were so terribly afraid of the unknown. Stand. The man did quickly, so quickly that Brooke was a little worried that he had given himself whiplash. What is your name? Michael, sir. Michael Eastwood, the man sputtered. And Brooke hummed thoughtfully. He I that name from the hundreds of letters stacked upon his desks, whining about some poor farming district not receiving enough funds to keep on living. Brooke hadn't cared enough to answer at the moment, and now he supposed he was dealing with the repercussions of it. Farmers are stubborn. He should have seen this coming eventually. Michael, Brooke clicked his tongue sorrowfully, and he could see the man blanch. You do know why I had to pull funds, right? "'To supply your military, sir, but you must up-up-up!' "'Brook held a hand to silence Eastwood, then continued. "'And you know why we must expand our military, right?' "'Michael swallowed harshly, the lump of his Adam's apple bobbing in his throat. "'To keep other dangerous ma- magic-users away from our families, sir.' "'Very good!' Brooke beamed, patting the man's shoulder. "'He winced. "'Good indeed.' Then you must know that I grew up with some magic users, and that I know how they behave. They are cruel and kill to take what they want, and now they are spreading into our homes. You know I only want to protect the people I serve. Brooke added a layer of sympathy to his voice, to which Michael nodded slowly. I am really sorry this had to happen to your family, Michael, but it's all for the greater good. I will see, though, about sending some money personally to your district. Michael perked up a hopeful expression casting over his features. He smiled widely, truly happy. He took Brooke's hand and shook it vigorously, all the while babbling his thanks. Oh, thank you so much, my lord. We will never forget this, not for a million years. Thank you again and again and again. Brooke nodded, motioning for one of his guards to escort the man out. After calling his thanks one more time to Brooke, he turned and headed for the gate. Brooke flicked his hand allowing the smoke to flow from his fingertips and form a long sword in his palm, expertly crafted a pure reflection of the soul. He tossed it without effort, trusting his magic to carry it where he needed. And it did. A loud squelching noise filled the vast room, followed by a staggered gasping and choking. Michael looked down to see half a blade protruding from his chest cavity. He fell to his knees, blood pooling on the tile, his vision blacking out. He gathered enough energy to see Brooke squatting down. The teenager cupped the man's chin, tilting his head and meeting his eyes with a calm, confident expression. I really am sorry, Michael, but if you know all of those things about me and about magic users. Brooke's other hand firmly wrapped around the handle of the sword, he could see panic flooding in Michael's fading emerald green eyes. Then he must know the rest, and we can't have that. He smiled, letting go of the man's chin. Say hi for your wife for me, Michael. Brooke tugged at the black leather handle, roughly ripping it from Michael's torn body. The man's eyes rolled back into his head as blood blood sputtered from his mouth and he fell to the ground. Brooke stood from the corpse beside him, bouncing the blade in his hand. He shook it out in the air for a moment, watching the red droplets fall off. The normally bright shining metal of the blade was now dripping with crimson black leather that wrapped around the steel handle felt smooth and calmed the itching magic beneath his skin and in his muscles. Magic was like adrenaline in a weird way. It charged and pumped you full of energy, full of power. He then flicked his other hand, watching the sword disappear into midair, turned back to his throne, gesturing to one of his guards. Clean that up, will you? Alright, so Brooke may have been lying about all magic casters being despicable, murdering monsters who didn't care about human life. In fact, Brooke was certain he was the only one to have the killer instincts he did. But he was the only one he had known. He had so much power with the lie he had told. Of course, he never personally encountered someone with magic besides ruling out arrest forums. But who could know for sure anyways? Brooke wasn't even born here, not in this version of the home he knew, catapulted into this plane of existence that he had never known yet alone grow and develop in. He learned the rules of this world as a 15-year-old boy with zero knowledge of how everything worked. All he did know is that he wasn't home, and something powerful itched beneath his skin, something finally truly alive. He spread his story, a more believable tale, a boy raised by mages who had nothing but power and blood, who, who just wanted to keep everybody safe. It worked rather well until someone calling themselves a caster later on sent him a letter. He framed them for some crime, getting them hold in a psych ward. It was cruel, but it was what he needed to do. He couldn't have someone disapprove, disprove his whole reason for being in power just by sending him a fanboy letter. Humans, right? He laughed to the gr- guard beside his throne. She didn't reply as she was ordered to, but Brooke continued on anyway, laughing to himself. Sigh always meddling.